0: will feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is Nalini Mahadavan, and Nalini is a principal attorney at MLO Law LLC and A member of the AGC of Missouri Board of Directors this year, Nalini. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Len. It's it's a very great pleasure being with you.
0: Tell me a little bit about how you got into what you do, and what does MLO Law do? Let's start there. What does MLO Law do? What what services do they provide?
1: So, MLO Law, we uh, work in the areas of estate planning and immigration. So, mainly. U.S. citizens, immigrants, people who are coming here to this country. Immigrants are people who are not yet U.S. citizens, so they have slightly different issues, mainly related to taxes and how they can inherit as opposed to U.S. citizens who don't have those issues.
0: Yeah, the immigrant population really has been at the front of the news here the last couple of years, and that's really, I guess, an area that really keeps you busy right now.
1: Very busy, yes. We are very busy with the, with that area, yes. Workforce development is, you know, not only at AGCMO, but also we are also speaking with the Missouri Chamber of Commerce. We're doing the keynote speak end of next month in Independence, Missouri. And that's the same, it's the same topic, is how do we develop a workforce that is agile and qualified and able to come to work
0: now, without okay. giving away your talk, how do we do that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so it all depends on which population we are looking at. I mean, I, if you're doing a U.S. population, I mean, one of the things I, th- I think big gaps is training. We need to catch them I mean, I think AGCM is already doing that, catching them young, showing them the, you know, the joys of uh, construction, And actually, I, I mean, if I, I wish I was a high school kid and I could go, you know operate all that machinery. I'm know? with That'd you. Be great.: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, So you, you really work to get find the families. How do they find you?
1: So it's in a different, lots of different ways. So, you know, I mean, our social media is huge. So we have a YouTube channel. We are on LinkedIn. We are on Facebook. We do webinars. Uh, We are on with like AGCMO, several other organizations, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. So we, World Trade Center, Mosaic Project, to name a few, Focus St. Louis, a couple of other um, organizations as well, and also our own, you know. Organizations that belong to my community as well. So, we are really out out and about our community outreach because, you know, as it's it's very weird as as you get older, you want to give back to the community. So it's not just about us being a lawyer, us being lawyers or providing legal services. It's also being member of the community and trying to find those areas in which, you know, you can make connections.
0: And that's one of the things, when you say my community, talk about that community a little bit. You are not a Native American, I'm assuming? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's so funny. My daughter, Tara, was, uh, she had a friend named Audrey. Audrey was three and so smart. So one day she looks at me and says, are you Native American? Or No, are you um, uh, American Indian or Indian American? I'm like, a three-year-old knows the difference. Wow. Yes. So I'm originally from India. I was born in the UK. My parents were living in the UK when I was born, and of course, and then I um, we they went back to India, so I went back to India. So most of my schooling and college was done in India. Mm-hmm. Then I came here to WashU to study my MBA, and that's how I landed up in the United States.
0: Wow, well, that's quite a story. And now, and then you got so you get your MBA there, right? And this was an area of the law that just appealed to you.
1: I used to, no, I used to practice law in India. So I was in, I was in corporate law in India. And then, you know, um, when I got a, ch- been, I had wanted to do my MBA. So when I got the chance to come here and do it, I came here to do that. And then I, you know, then I had kids and you know how it is. I mean, you know, you want to be a parent, too. And so you get torn in five different directions. So I decided to be a parent and drop out of the workforce. I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Then I did, when my children were in elementary school, I decided I needed to go back to law school because I kind of loved that, doing that, Love being a lawyer.
0: And how did you stumble across AGC in Missouri along that path?
1: So I come from a background of engineering. My father is a mechanical electrical engineering. My f- husband is a material scientist. Both our sons are engineers. So, you know, my father used to call it the romance of engineering. And one way or the other, I was always involved in some kind of construction, either in India because we owned some property in India. Mm-hmm. And my own home over here, I mean, over the years, it's, it's, it's like the money pit, you know. I'm just, a
0: homeowner. I yes. get it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, And, you know, I mean, it, I always liked construction. I mean, it's and then uh, and then I then, of course, uh, I had met Steve Lewis uh, at Focus. And so we get to got to talking and over the years, he's always told me you should become part of this uh, community. It's a great community. And I'm really glad I did.
0: And you've really found that to be helpful in the area of workforce that you can help your clients and their families.
1: Yes. So, I mean yes, so I, you know, it's it's like a two-way street. I mean, if there is any help I can give anybody in, in the within the community within the AGC community and allow them to take advantage of a foreign work- workforce uh, who are highly qualified and you know motivated to come to work. I think that's part of what we are seeing right is that quiet quitting. And people are just not wanting to do more than that job list requires and we know that we don't get ahead in any work, any work environment at least unless, you know, we quote unquote, lean in unless we really try to make a difference ourselves. I think there is that little gap of, you know, a little bit of uh, the pandemic hasn't helped. Everybody's been so isolated that not, has not helped.
0: I was going to ask you what sort of barriers you've encountered in trying to bridge that
1: gap. So there are lots of barriers. I think mainly it's training. So I, what I'm finding now is I have when we uh, when we talk to people, I mean, we are talking about two different populations, the U.S. population and immigrant population. So the U.S. population, I, I think this is actually treatment of the immigrant population. There is less of an interaction, one on one interaction than there was before. And the pandemic has really done a very, I mean, isolated us so much. We are all social animals.
0: And this is so much about people meeting Correct. other people. Correct.
1: Correct. And unless you put yourself out there, you'll never know the opportunities that are there. I mean, I always have this very favorite, favorite you know incident in which you, we were in Central West End, and we were. This would happen even before the pandemic. We were sitting in this chocolate, uh, chocolate shop having coffee, and I looked out the window. At these four young people were walking on the street. Obviously, they were all together. But you know what they were all doing? They all, were all
0: texting each other Probably all on, their prob- phones. on their
1: phones, looking down. I'm like, well, what happened to eye contact? S- somehow I think that generation has realized that or thinks that if I I can be very safe in my little cocoon, I don't have to I can tell you everything by text and email or not even email I mean on Facebook on whatever social media platform, Twitter, Instagram.
0: And you've been running against that barrier to try to get those young people to open up and actually talk to someone, look someone in the eye, shake their hand, ask for a job, ask for opportunity or training.
1: Yes. I mean, my business, like construction, is a people business. Mm -hmm. We interact with very large companies. It doesn't matter. It's still people. If you think everything is going to be accomplished by email or text, I have a new thing coming for you. Pick up the phone. Talk to somebody. Call that person. What is that person going to do to you? All they're going to say is no, right? Be prepared for that. You'll get five no's and that one yes can make all the difference.
0: And I think hearing that from someone in their own community makes a significant difference over somebody else preaching to them about it.
1: Yes. And this has been kind of the mantra. So when, you know, one of the things, I did a presentation with uh, Mosaic at uh, at Missouri Athletic Club a, a few couple of weeks ago. And one of the things I was wanting to tell everybody, including our audience, when we talk about workforce development, don't be afraid to look at students, international students. You as an employer don't have to do anything. No paperwork required at all. The student is going to go get, go to their college, to their international officer, and tell them, I have this work opportunity at this company. And then they're going to go register themselves on the system which they're required to do and obtain a work permit, apply for it on their own. And all the employer has to do is to be an e-verify employer. That's it.
0: So if I'm an employer listening to this, what do I do? Where do I call? What website do I go to? How do I contact or reach out and bridge that gap?
1: So there are very so many local universities. It all depends on what you're looking for. You may be looking for anything from marketing to engineering to construction management to a mechanical engineer or you know, any of them, any all the way from community college to full fledged universities. We we are so fortunate that on both sides of the river we have wonderful universities with fantastic career centers. If you don't know the career center, you know anybody in the college. Just call the dean of the college. They will be thrilled to help you. They have you know career fairs in these colleges. Show up, talk to these students. They are highly motivated. And I, can I tell you something? If these foreign students have a STEM degree—science, technology, engineering, and math—and a lot of the student of the uh, universities have those. Not only in engineering, but also in, in MBA and business degrees, business analytics, or market—all those things—they mm-hmm. can work for you for three years after graduation, and you are not subject to d- Department of Labor labor—you know those uh, wage regulations. You can pay what you normally pay would pay an intern, a person who doesn't have any experience, an entry-level job. You can do that.
0: So, a lot of these barriers to hiring folks. From outside this country are just perceived they're not real?
1: There's a real fear. I, you know, because, I mean, everybody thinks that, oh, my gosh, you know, I will have to jump through all these hoops. And, you know, I, and it's media, right? Right. Right. So when I'm, that's what I'm saying is that it's a couple of things. It's, it's like fear. I mean, there's so much fear mongering going on about this. There's no need to fear it. Don't fear it. The other thing is not only international students, I also want to talk about other populations. We heard about the Afghan refugees. A lot of them are highly qualified. And by God's grace, a lot of them seem to be placed. Mm -hmm. The other population we are looking at are Ukrainians. For Ukrainians, if you know a Ukrainian family and you want to sponsor them, you can. You don't have to be related to them.
0: And sponsoring involves what?
1: Sponsoring involves a family. This is, I mean, not even employers. This is just families reaching out to other families saying that I will financially take care of you and, and, and enabling them to escape war and coming to a safe place.
0: And so you go to the, where do you go, State Department or? No, you
1: go to the USCIS website. It's USCIS.gov. You don't even have to go there. Just USCIS.gov.
0: say. USCIS.gov.
1: Yes. And don't even have to do that. Just say you for Ukraine, you know. I mean, if you just do pledge, even if you Google Ukraine, I mean, you will get all those websites, but USCIS.gov is a fantastic place. And even that, the other thing is, uh, I talked about e-verify. So for employers, uh, being an e-verify employer, I mean, I mean that, of course, I mean, you know, a lot of the our listeners are probably already e- e-verify because they have contracts with the state government. Department of Transportation, federal government, Mm -hmm. which all at some point mandate over a certain level. You are mandated to be an e-verify employer. Right. Right. And that also means that maintaining I-9. So the form I-9, which is also run by USCIS, is available on USCIS. And the reason I'm talking about this is because this is one of the things I've seen even in U.S. employers. I think I'm employing a U.S. workforce. None of the people I'm employing are from overseas. The form I-9 is for somebody if I employ them from overseas. That is not true. If you are a U.S. employer and you have full-time employees, part-time employees, and they are your employees, not independent contractors, not people working for you from overseas, then you really need to maintain this form, you know, signed within the first three days of their coming in and Filling it out step by step, very important, because what happens is, if this, for instance, I mean, Department of Labor wage and hour audits. Now, I mean, we are mandated to, as a construction industry, we have to report all the wages we are correct. paying, correct? Correct, right. If there's an audit on that, guess what happens? It's very easy to move into I-9 and say, have you done I-9?
0: Got it. So protect yourself by Greg, following the law
1: yes follow the law yeah i mean this is just for u.s employees forget workforce development and forget anything else sure right sure
0: well what do you see ahead in the next 6-12 months for nalini and for mlo law llc where are you all headed
1: in the last few years we we have expanded into chicago and we have now just this july opened an office in atlanta and our, our idea is to go where the action is. To be honest, the action is done is is in Georgia, Texas, Arizona, Florida.
0: Martha's um, Vineyard.
1: <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and, uh, I mean, while I don't really support all the busing of people without knowing where they are going, poor things. You know, you come somewhere sure. and you think. But at the same time, I'm hoping that. They enter the justice system at a different point in our country where, you know, people are not jaded with this having to look at these cases. And, I, you know, I'm hoping there will be a better, better level of adjudication for them.
0: Well, and you're certainly at a spot and in an area of the law that is going to do nothing but keep growing because there is this worker shortage. There's a need for more workers. The birth rate is not keeping up. There are two ways to bridge it, either through technology or immigration, and obviously immigration is a much, much more hot topic right now for where you are. And those people need a lot of help—the kind of help that you provide.
1: I hope so, because I mean, if you'd really think about it, let's talk about our demographics. We are an aging population. And, uh, I mean, as we are all getting older, we all want want to have social security. Every worker is entitled to that. They've paid into the system. They're entitled to it. We don't want that to go bankrupt. Really don't. When I drive, I want to make sure that the person who hits me actually has insurance, right? Right. And I want to make sure that if you are working in this country, you're paying taxes. And you're paying taxes into the correct social security number. And that your employer is paying taxes so that our system actually continues to work. Uh, workers' compensation works. All the you know all the insurance in the, uh, systems that are related to work work, that our FICA is paid up, that our banking system works. So if you are legal in this country, you're contributing to the insurance system, the banking system. You're paying your taxes. You're paying into social security. And I don't know about you, Len. I'm getting older. Every day. Every day. Every every second. So I want to make sure that you know this is all. Correct, kosher, legal, and above board.
0: Anything else, Nalini, before we wrap up? Any, th- any final thoughts you'd like to share?
1: Yes, we should welcome immigration because if it wasn't for immigration, we'd be another Japan. Japan does not welcome anybody from overseas. They, their immigration is very, very minimal. We, our birth rate is declining. So we, we need people to actually populate this country and to support the economy. This is the most wonderful country in the world.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I really, really appreciate your service to AGC of Missouri this year. What's been the most interesting thing you've encountered in being on the board of directors this year?
1: It was we, it was right after the pandemic and suddenly I was going to meetings. And uh, like, I don't know about you, but for myself, I suddenly felt like, oh my gosh, I'm meeting people. I'm actually meeting people. And that is, I'm a bit, um, I wouldn't say I'm a total extrovert, but I need that. And I'm sure everybody needs that. And everybody was super welcoming. I don't practice any of the construction trades. I just loved li- listening to all the economic reports and uh, the state of construction and all the challenges that take place. And I found myself that I can plug into, into the workforce. It's nice to be part of a system where you can do that.
0: Well, it's been nice to have your help in that regard. I know you've been very active this year on the board, and I really thank you for being on the board this year, and thanks for your time this morning.
1: Thank you very much, Len, for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.